0: Jimmy Butler situation. I'm gonna to try to keep it current and not go back to the time that we missed because at this point now you guys pretty much know what has happened throughout the league. But I will touch on a little bit like the Jimmy Butler thing where even now he's complaining. I'm actually I'm on Twitter a lot more now. So if you actually want to see like up to the minute live reactions, you catch me on Twitter. But even now I'm reading a lot of stuff, I'm reading report report saying that Jimmy Butler's causing trouble with the, with the with the Sixers within the locker room he is actually demanding a bigger role or his position on the pecking order because obviously we know that there's Joel Embiid who's playing at he was playing at MVP level before the trade obviously now when you have three players you're not going to be that same impactful player but he's still playing like a top two top three big in the league. Ben Simmons still has no jump shot. We'll get into that later at some point, too. But he's still getting his his 17, 18, 8, and 7. You know, it's triple-double there every night. And then there's Jimmy, who doesn't really have that stretch-to-floor game. He kind of operates within that, like, mid-range elbow around there or straight ahead with the pick-and-roll. So he is of the... Idea where he feels like he should be getting uh, maybe a little more of the of the of uh, the possession time. Obviously, we know Ben Simmons is is the point guard of the team, and he has the ball in his hand the majority of the time. But Jimmy Butler has always been the type of player who also likes to have the ball in his hands, and he likes to create the offense, and the offense like to go through him. Where it goes through Embiid, and Simmons pretty much runs the point. So we're having a little, or they're having a little bit of, you know jockeying for position over there in uh philly we, i still don't have a word on Melo. i haven't heard about Melo since he got pretty much shunned by the rockets um the rockets look good chris paul's injured whoopty whoop what's new but yeah he's out with the hamstring hamstring strain he's gonna be out for maybe a couple i think i've, I've read it a couple more weeks um chris paul will be out for so James Harden. Pretty much had to do what James Harden usually does, and that's pick up the slack for the team. And he's playing at he elevated his game from, like I said, being kind of rusty, shaking off the rust from the offseason to now. You're looking at James Harden in like midseason form. Now you're seeing real James Harden. And James Harden, he's still gonna get better, I believe. He's still gonna be putting up crazy numbers. I think now this is the James Harden see what Chris Paul's here. And early in the season, you didn't really get that. You kind of got them kind of coasting and re- relying more on the team. And the team was just not pulling through. But and now you're seeing you're starting to see P.J. Tucker hit his shots. You're starting to see Gerald Green come off the bench and hit shots. Uh, Daniel House, they got another rookie, uh, undrafted rookie that I, I was watching the other night that hit a couple of the big threes. So... Looking at Houston, and Houston's they're climbing up now. They were in the basement before, they were under 500 playing bad basketball. and Now they're looking like they're making their run to for, for Western Conference. Now, with the LeBron injury, the Western Conference is more open. Well, not it's always been open, it's always going to be an open conference, but they've dropped to the eighth seed without LeBron. LeBron's missed approximately two weeks going to be his third. He has a, 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 a grand, a groin injury, a hernia. Uh, I've read that, so he might be out for maybe another week before he gets evaluated again and hopefully be able to go through uh, basketball drills. Watching the Lakers is not as fun without LeBron, but it's still good to watch because you still got to tune in to see what the young boys are doing. Um, I actually have Kuzma in my fantasy league, and he dropped me a cool 41 last night, career high. But yeah, still watching the Lakers, watching the, de- the development is still good for them um lonzo looks good in Spurs. he had a wicked crossover last night went from right to left on a pick and roll cut the screen and got a left-hand layup that looked really good over Drummond. so they have Spurs. ingram is is starting out. i still don't like the way he plays where he has this you know he gets the ball and it's a an automatic post-up yes brandon ingram you're ten, and you got the height advantage over most uh threes or maybe if you get switched on to a two, you obviously have the height advantage, but going through that fadeaway sometimes is just like, come on, dude, you got to have more of your game. I think that he looks for that a little too much. Um, until that becomes his shot, I think you should, you know, still try to attack the basket and stop with like, the, maybe the post-up fadeaways and maybe get something going to, always going towards the rim since you have that advantage, but, you know, Lakers are still very interested to watch. A lot of people I've, spoke to have been talked to me about um, Josh Hart and how they favor Josh Hart over Lonzo. And to me, I've always thought that's crazy because, yes, Josh Hart plays defense. Yes, Josh, Josh Hart has a jump shot. But the thing that I've noticed about Josh Hart is that you kind of see that he's not there when his shot's not falling. Um, where Alonzo, you kind of always seeing him. He's flying around on defense. i seen him double-team on one side of the court and make it back to his, def- uh, his player before the ball got there. So um, I look at Alonzo like Alonzo, I think, has a way higher potential than Josh Hart. Yes, Josh Hart is good. I'm not taking that away. JKB Sports, JKB Sports. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Spread the word. We're back. I am back. Is Jerome here. The voice of Hoops, one of many, but the one that you choose to listen to, which I appreciate. Thank you so much. Today, I want to start off by just saying happy holidays, happy New Year's. It's been about a month, a month-long hiatus, a good four or five weeks. There's some personal things that need to be addressed and taken care of that are kind of now situated a little bit. My co-host, first of all, I want to give a big congrats. Big shout out, big salute to you, Drew. Over the holidays he had a a beautiful baby girl named Layla. I'm happy for you, proud of you. You know we're we're good friends, so there's not really much you need, but you know, if there's any support you need, anything like that, you know we're best friends, so I got you. I'm happy for you. I think from all of us, our group of friends, our our circle, you know, we're happy for you. You know, good luck. I know you'll be a, a great a great pops. No doubt about that. So first of all, I want to get out of that the way. Second of all, happy holidays, happy new years to all the listeners. <clears throat> Sorry, the weather got my voice a little cracky. So I got my water bottle beside me. So if you hear me, kind <clears> of <throat> it's because the weather got me down. It's Canada. It's cold. It's getting cold these days. <clears throat> a little better. Yeah, I wanted to say happy holidays. Happy New Year's. I hope everybody had a, a good time with their families loved ones friends everybody that i spend time with the the holidays is where you spend time with the people that are you know closest to you mean the most to you so i hope you guys spent to the right people I hope you guys had fun happy new year's I hope you guys had a safe exciting <coughs> oh excuse me I hope you guys had a safe exciting new year's see that's the dedication i show i got a busy schedule from now on so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm still coming at you guys with, with much-needed news. I'm going to keep drinking this water. As much water as needed to get this episode completed and done with is going to get drank. So, but yeah. I hope everybody had a, a, a safe New Year's. You know, I know personally I didn't go out. I took it easy and I, I stayed in this year. So, you know, I don't know a lot of people that went out if that's still a thing. <clears throat> I hope you guys had a safe one. How it was fun. But now we're back into the, the swing of life. We're back into, you know, work, school. Whatever you're doing is what you're back into. But I will say this. New Year, everybody got New Year's resolutions. But never forget, your first New Year's resolution is always to keep your New Year's resolutions. You know what I mean? You always got to do Everybody has a list. Let's say, I want to go to the gym. I want to lose some weight. I want to save X amount of money. I want to go this place. I want to do this. I want to do that. The first resolution for you should be to make sure that you do your resolutions. Stick to it. Things may not always happen as quick as you want or think, or you know think they should happen. But always keep New Year's resolution in the back of your mind. You know, keep it, keep it a, a focus so you actually can get it done or make strides to. You know, even if you don't finish it, you make strides. Always make steps. Baby steps are still steps, right? Babies gotta you we know, crawl before they walk, so you know, keep that in mind. <clears throat> but yeah. Let's dive right into it. We missed the uh last time I we spoke. Sorry. I'm gonna stop I'm gonna have to stop pious for drinking water to you guys because it's gonna happen so often. But we had the Jimmy Butler situation, we had the Mello situation, we had... Uh, what teams were hot, what teams were not, what teams were disappointing, what teams were overachieving. But at this point in the season, we're not at that all-star break where you got to flip the switch to really turn up. We're still at that point where it's like, okay, you, you're starting to see teams... Superstars don't... Okay, let me not say this and be incorrect and so you guys misunderstand me, but superstars don't necessarily have to work as much as... Players that are still need to establish themselves do because obviously you're doing tours, you're doing sponsors, you're doing commercials, doing all this during the offseason that you know an average player may not have to. So at this point in the season, now we're starting to see like players like James Harden shake off the rust, you know Paul George is looking like a new guy, playing at an MvP level. You're starting to see teams, you know, that OKC started a slow start, you certain teams that were like, oh, like what's up? You know, you're starting to see them start to try to buckle in and, and, and get Golden Boston's on their run now. You got Milwaukee first. Denver's playing incredible ball, missing players. You know, we're starting to see what's taking shape across the NBA to seeing who's real and what's not. And then the next step is going to be now we're, we're playing for seedings. Now, now we're, you know, we want to show our dominance and start getting stuff running. So we're at that kind of like that quarterway. Maybe third through the season, we're just kind of like, okay, we're starting to see what's really going on, but by going back to the Jimmy Butler situation, I'm going to try to keep it current and not go back to the time that we missed, because at this point now, you guys pretty much know what has happened throughout the league, but I will touch on a little bit, like the Jimmy Butler thing, where even now, he's complaining. I'm actually, I'm on Twitter a lot more now, so... If actually you want to see like up to the minute live reactions, you catch me on Twitter. But even now, I'm reading a lot of stuff, I'm reading reported reports saying that Jimmy Butler is causing trouble with the, with the with the Sixers within the locker room. He is actually demanding a bigger role or his position on the pecking order because obviously we know that there's Joel Embiid who's playing at. He was playing at MVP level before the trade. Obviously, now when you have three players, you're not going to be that same impactful player. But he's still playing like a top two, top three big in the league. Ben Simmons still has no jump shot. We'll get into that later at some point too. But he's still getting his, his 17, 18, 8, and 7. You know, it's triple-double there every night. And then there's Jimmy, who doesn't really have that stretch the floor game. He kind of operates within that, like, Mid-range elbow around there, or straight ahead with the pick and roll. So he is of the idea where he feels like he should be getting uh, maybe a little more of the of the of uh, the possession time. Obviously, we know Ben Simmons is is the point guard of the team, and he has the ball in his hand the majority of the time. But Jimmy Butler has always been the type of player who also likes to have the ball in his hands, and he likes to create the offense. And the offense to go through him, where it goes through Embiid, and Simmons pretty much runs the point. So we're having a little, or they're having a little bit of, you know, jockeying for position over there in uh, Philly. I still don't have a word on Melo. I haven't heard about Melo since he got pretty much shunned by the Rockets. Um, the Rockets look good. Chris Paul's injured. Whoop-de-whoop. What's new? But, yeah, he's out with the hamstring. Hamstring strain. He's going to be out for maybe a couple... I think I've, I've read it a couple more weeks. Um, Chris Paul will be out for So James Harden pretty much had to do what James Harden usually does. And that's pick up the slack for the team. And he's playing at... He elevated his game from, like I said, being... Kind of rusty, shaking off the rust from the offseason To now, you're looking at James Harden in like midseason form. Now you're seeing real James Harden, and James Harden he's still going to get better, I believe. He's still going to be putting up crazy numbers. I think now this is the James Harden and see with Chris Paul's here. And early in the season, you didn't really get that. You kind of got them kind of coasting and re- relying more on the team, and the team was just not pulling through. But now you're seeing you're starting to see PJ Tucker hit his shots. You're starting to see Gerald Green come off the bench and hit shots. Uh, Daniel House. They got another rookie, uh, undrafted rookie that I, I was watching the other night that hit a couple of the big threes. So looking at Houston and Houston's, they're climbing up now. They were in the basement before. They were under 500, playing bad basketball, and now they're looking like they're making their run to for for Western Conference. Even now with the LeBron injury, the Western Conference is more open. Not, it's always been open. It's always going to be an open conference, but they've dropped to the eighth seed without LeBron. LeBron's missed approximately two weeks, going to be his third. He has a a a, a, a groin injury, a hernia. Uh, I've read that. So he might be out for maybe another week before he gets evaluated again and hopefully be able to go through uh, basketball drills. Watching the Lakers is not as fun without LeBron, but it's still good to watch because you still got to to tune in to see what the young boys are doing. Um, I actually have Kuzma in my fantasy league, and he dropped me a cool 41 last night, career high. But, yeah, still watching the Lakers, watching the, de- the development is still good for them. Um, Lonzo looks good in Spurs. He had a wicked crossover last night, went from right to left on a pick and roll, cut the screen, and got a left-hand layup that looked really good over Drummond. So they have Spurs. Ingram is, is starting out. To- I still don't like the way he plays where he has this... You know, he gets the ball and it's a an automatic post up. Yes, Brandon Ingram, you're 6'10, and you got the height advantage over most well, threes, or maybe if you get switched on to a two, you obviously have the height advantage. But going to that fadeaway sometimes is just like, come on, dude, you got to have more of your game. I think that he looks for that a little too much. Um, until that becomes his shot, I think he's just, you know still trying to attack the basket and stop with like the, maybe the post-up fadeaways and maybe get something going to always going towards the rim since you have that advantage. But, you know, Lakers are still very interested to watch. A lot of people I've spoke to have been talked to me about um, Josh Hart and how they favor Josh Hart over Lonzo. And to me, I've always thought that's crazy because... Yes, Josh Hart plays defense. Yes, Josh Josh Hart has a jump shot. But the thing that I've noticed about Josh Hart is that you kind of see that he's not there when his shot's not falling. Um, Where Alonzo, you kind of always seeing him, he's flying around on defense. I've seen him double-team on one side of the court and make it back to uh, his player before the ball got there. So I'm... I look at Lonzo like Lonzo, I think, has a way higher potential than Josh Hart. Yes, Josh Hart is good. I'm not taking that away. I'm not taking anything away from, uh, from Josh Hart. It's just I feel like Lonzo is just going to be a, a better pro. He's under a lot more pressure. So that alone, I, I think Lonzo's a lot of... <laughs> see, I, I'm going to keep referring to Twitter because that's where I do a lot of my interactions with people. But like a lot of people don't like Lonzo's game. A lot of people think that Lonzo, or they're waiting for Lonzo to fizzle out or just be totally ineffective or just a a total bench player. And it's kind of like, how could you root for a 21-year-old, young, athletic, skilled point guard to fail? He has room to improve, clearly. But that doesn't mean that he can't get there. People look at Lonzo like, you know, he's a boss. They compare him to De'Aaron Fox, and De'Aaron Fox is having an amazing year. Potential, um, you know, most improved player. I don't think he's gonna get it, but you know, he he's taking a big you know big step, but the positions and the circumstances are a lot different. The Kings had no expectations this season, where as Lakers, as soon as you get LeBron, that's, that's a whole nother... I got to explain that, but the Le... we can, we know the LeBron effect. When LeBron comes, it's a championship or bust. And if not championship, then it's... In this situation, it's you, you get pretty damn far or it's a bust. Where, you know, there's no kind of restrictions for Darren Fox. It's kind of like, you can kind of shoot when you want, do what you want. There's no real backup. There's no real consequence to what you do. Obviously, there's wins and losses, but who's counting? Kings or Lakers? Come on. So, I think that also will be fine. There's the Pelicans switching over to the Pelicans now with the whole Anthony Davis saga where they had the whole conversation about LeBron and LeBron's tampering and you know pretty much what was going on there, and that the NBA has said that. You know when LeBron made a comment in the in the media saying how he would love to be with Anthony Davis, but I agree with LeBron in the sense of like what was I supposed to say in that situation? So there's a lot of small uh, small market teams like the Orlando Magic's, you know the Milwaukee Bucks, the the New Orleans Pelicans, the Phoenix Suns, Sacramento Kings. Portland Trailblazers, teams like that with not as much, you know, influence behind them, city-wise, popularity-wise, those are teams that are like, hey, these are why we can't keep our stars, because we have these big-name teams making subtle jabs in the media, which can draw attention, start a snowball, and I call it the snowball effect. Once you start rolling a ball of snow, it's gonna get to a snowball. So, that was the issue that the league had with LeBron. Obviously, LeBron is scratch-proof, bullet-proof, everything-proof. You're not going to phase LeBron, and LeBron's going to have his way. So, obviously, the league didn't do anything. They sent out a league notice... For everybody in the NBA to be like, hey, you know, just be more cautious in the social media, in the media, when you're seeing stuff about the teams and other teams' players. But the damage is done. We pretty much know it's a done deal that Anthony Davis is going to the Lakers when he signed with LeBron's uh, best friend, sports agency, Clutch Sports. So we kind of had an idea that at some way, at some point in time, Anthony Davis will be a Laker. Um, whether it's through trade, that would be ideal whether it's through free agency in a year, Anthony Davis is either gonna have to wait it out, cause they're not they're not trading to the Lakers. Nobody really wants to help the Lakers out. And that's the funny thing. If you really take it in, even with the Kawhi situation back in the summertime, the Spurs did not want to trade Kawhi to the Lakers because that's what Kawhi wanted. A lot of these teams I know I know for a fact that Pelicans are, are saying, you know what, if we if we have to trade Anthony Davis, because I feel like at some point he's gonna force his way out. And I know they're going to hate if they have to trade him to the Lakers. And that's the only way that happens if Anthony Davis actually comes out and says, You know, I want to play for the Lakers. I got one year left on my deal. And wherever you trade me to, I will not play there. I want to play for the Lakers. And I think that will be probably the best way for the Lakers to to get him. If they can wait it out, even better. But this is why they're having the audition with, you know, uh, Ingram and, and, and Kuzma. I think Kuzma's staying regardless. Um, I don't think you trade Kuzma under any circumstance. But, you know, I don't think you trade Lonzo. I think you trade, I trade Ingram Hart in a pick, if that's me. But, you know, I, I'm not a GM <laughs> yet. I, I'll take over the Raptors. Or I'll take over his team if they let me. But, you know, that's not happening yet. But that's, the, that's kind of what's happening in the West. You have Denver still, you know, doing their thing, still top... Golden State's obviously going to be right there. Golden State had a really rough, not bad, I'm saying really rough start just because people have expectations of 100% perfection when, matter of fact, Golden State's just honestly bored. And they have to find things in the season that, you know, make it interesting for them. We had the whole Draymond situation with KD. Um, touched about that a little bit before, but that had a profound impact. I think you're still kind of seeing the layover effects when it comes to... Uh, you know, uh, the whole B word and what was said. And I think you're seeing the link Uh, more for Draymond just because, you know, Draymond's not the player. He's just not the player KD is. KD can get 30 in his sleep. Every NBA player or every NBA fan person, random person on the street, Who knows anything about Kevin Durant knows that Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the game today and that he averaged 30 in his sleep. But I think for Draymond, where that was like his motor. That competitive edge, that drive, that grit, that like rough rider style, that was Draymond. And I think that the fact that he got suspended, that took a toll on his game and his confidence. And not only in himself, but in his role on the team. I think that's the most important part. I think that questioned his role on the team. And that's what puts him in this weird spot right now where his shot looks terrible. It's been declining for years, but it just looks bad. And i watch 99% of the Golden State games, at least before I fall asleep. So I'll be watching State play pretty much every game. And it's like, Draymond, shoot the ball. But it's like he's missing a wide left, wide right, just hit backboard, gracing the front rim, hard off back rim. It's kind of like, bro, what what's going on? So I don't know. But I hate to bring it to you guys. The fun is over because we are getting Boogie back. Um, I was going to say that for later, but since I, I, I'm i talking about my, my squad and, and the Warriors, I, I can't leave out the fact that Boogie's back On January 18th, he will be making his debut, and I will be watching. So Steve Kerr actually came out and said that when he does get on the court, he will be inserted in the starting lineup. I thought that they would have brought him off the bench and still let Kavan Looney start and, and work boogieing off the bench in the second unit. But he's coming in straight off from Achilles, straight off the doctor's bed into the game. So, you know, I'm really excited... I know uh, I've watched his Instagram videos. i watched his Twitter videos. He's been working hard. Um, I actually have a DeMarcus Cousins jersey. I'm a big fan of his. Um, seeing, seeing the growth, I, I feel like I, I've witnessed the growth of him um, from starting out to, to where he is now, and I believe that he's going to be doing great things for the Warriors. I feel like he's going to add a whole another dynamic to what our team looks like. We now have a post presence, which we have never had, well, I guess it's David Lee, but David Lee couldn't tie Marcus' cousin's shoes. So we have a whole new like weapon. It's gonna be amazing. You cannot Okay, I- I'm gonna be a fanboy for a bit, but let me tell y'all how dominant we're gonna be because you officially cannot well yes, cause Draymond, see this is the thing, if Draymond can get his shot, then we'll literally be unguardable and you cannot double team. So if Draymond finds his shot, it's over. But right now you can still stag off Draymond and kind of pack the pain or kind of still trap Steph, still kind of body Steph and Clay. But he's, obviously DeMarcus Cousins add a new whole new wave because you can legit dump it down. And DeMarcus Cousins has never been a big that one man can handle. So I think now that you have the double, you have him in the post, you're gonna have to double team him at some point, or he's gonna eat that opposing center alive. And if you double down on Boogie, kick out. And Boogie is a very unselfish player. You saw last year he averaged 25-12-5 before he went down with the Achilles injury. So, DeMarcus Cousins was playing at a MVP level, you know, last year before the Achilles. So, he's he won't average those numbers here. By no means am I know, I'm saying that he's going to average, you know, 25 points on the Warriors, but... He'll definitely get his assist up. He'll be passing the ball. You, you'll see him look to get players involved, I think, more than you have. Obviously he has better players. But I think just the fact that the selfishness, he's gonna wanna look good. He's gonna wanna fit in. So I think he's gonna do all those little things that, you know, will definitely elevate us to that spot where people want us to be where people are waiting for that first loss, that second loss. We went through some a uh, stretch where we lost what four straight home three straight home games. First time in Steve Kerr era and people were hitting me up. My homies were like, bro, what's going on with the Warriors? Y'all looking real pedestrian. Y'all looking real civilian, but it's a part of the league. Honestly, Clay wasn't hitting shots. Steph was going through a little slump. KD, the whole thing happened, but I think now that we have something to look towards with DeMarcus Cousins coming back, you're going to see us take over, toss in the West and and in the NBA and reassert ourselves as the most dominant team uh, in the league and one of the most dominant teams that you know the NBA's ever seen, so there's a lot to look forward to in the Golden State. We're gonna jump to the East. So yeah, the East is um, this is wide open. It usually is this time of year. You know, is where teams trying to really solidify the spots. Like I said to you before, in the West and the East, you're really starting to see where's where and. So right now I have uh, the standings, and we have Milwaukee first, Toronto second, but they're ahead by. Four percentage points, so they're a half game ahead. So pretty much, one win, one loss, and we can jump ahead. Then Toronto second. You have Indiana third, Philly fourth, Boston fifth, Miami sixth, Brooklyn seventh, Charlotte eighth. Detroit is kind of kind of closer, two games behind Charlotte for the, in the ninth seed for eighth. So you're probably going to see that flip flop because both the teams are inconsistent. Detroit just lost uh pretty bad to so the Lakers. Guzma had his career high forty the other night. Orlando, right there with Detroit. <sighs> I'm not even really going to talk about Washington and Atlanta because those teams must as well start tanking. Atlanta is no good. They're no secret. Chicago, Knicks, Cavs, all tanking. Looking for Zion and RJ. We're not going to discuss those teams because those teams are not good enough to be discussed. That's a waste of both of our times. And I don't think the listeners really care for those teams. Sorry if you're a fan of the Atlanta Hawks. You know, Trey Young looks decent. He He's playing good. Um the Kevin Hoarder, the call, you know, the Red Rocket Jr. Uh he he can shoot the ball. They have a nice little shooting backcourt. The wannabe Stephen Clay. Who knows? Five, ten years could be doubt it. But not gonna hit on those on those guys. Bulls, uh I like Chris Dunn. Zach Levin can score. still doesn't play defense. marketing is a good rookie. He hasn't got his really feet under him yet. He came off the elbow surgeries, we all know. Wendell Carter I think he has a lot of potential. He just needs to stay on the court, stay out of foul trouble. But he can be really good. Uh, he's young, rookie year. He doesn't get enough recognition, I think. But he's a solid, good, solid player. Knicks, uh, Kevin Knox. You're missing Porzingis. He's probably not going to play this year because he tore his ACL last year. They're, what, four teams with 10 wins on the year, 20 games back of anything of being relevant. So there's really no point on playing or bringing back Porzingis when he's not 100%. You know, let's just save him. And then Cavs. Without LeBron, they have eight wins. Their roster is no different besides missing LeBron and having Love injured. And they have eight wins. So, you know, LeBron for MVP, that's been discussed. I think that's overlooked just because of James Harden's statistical tear that he's on. And obviously Giannis is playing amazing. So, you know, LeBron might not win MVP, but he's pretty. You can see the effect. You can look it up. The score.ca score.com Cavs eight and 34. So, but going back to the top of the the conference, um, I think that you're gonna see Boston move up right now. They're fifth, they're five games back in first place. I don't know if they're gonna catch first place unless the team really falters and goes on a losing streak. But other than that, I think Boston has a chance to creep up. Potentially to the two, maybe three seed because Milwaukee, and Toronto. I think Toronto's gonna end up finishing first. I think just have more depth, more shooting. Um, Kawhi needs to start playing back to backs and start playing. You know, uh, not 100% because he's still not. I don't know what the status of his <laughs> hamstring or the or the or his thigh is, but he's still not playing. On uh, home and home back to back games, yet. So we'll see what's going on with that. Lowry's been in and out of the lineup. So we don't know about Lowry, but I think that you'll see Toronto jump up against Milwaukee, uh, ahead of Milwaukee for first. And then I think you might have Milwaukee second or Boston can catch up because Boston is two and a half games back from Philly. And Boston, I think, is starting to hit their stride. They're still having some bad games. They lost, they got blown out by Miami um, last night. So and Miami sixth, but I think Boston will still creep up once they find their stride. They'll be okay. They have amazing depth. Their second team, uh, they're they're off the bench. Jalen Brown, Hayward, Rozier. I think they'll be fine. Indiana is kind of I think been overachieving. the Depot missed time and you know they kept afloat. So I'm surprised. I was surprised when I saw that, but I don't think Indiana has the fire firepower. Sorry, excuse me, to keep it up. So I think you're going to see Indiana falter a little bit. Philly has no depth. And I think they're one injury away from really sliding. Obviously, you don't wish injury on a team. And that's not what I'm trying to do. But I just don't think Philly has a depth to maintain their spot as, as a 4 seed. Or maybe to maintain it as a 4 seed. Maybe 5 seed. But I think they would be surpassed from Boston while other teams can shuffle. I think Philly might just stay their place. Uh, Miami plays hard. I don't think they have enough talent, but they are a solid team who have like enough, kind of like Boston, but on a poor s- scale where they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guard depth. Righties, lefties. Um, Hassan Whiteside, when he's engaged, he's one of the best defensive biggest can block, rebound, protect the rim. Um, pick and roll guy. Can't shoot, but you know he's a force to be reckoned with when, he, when he's engaged. So Miami could maybe jump up to the 50 if they get on a hot run. They're getting healthy. They got De- Dion Waiters back. Goran Dragic is still, which is their starting point guard, he's still out for maybe another month or two. We'll see how, how his knee heals. But um, Brooklyn, I think, I don't know if they're going to stay. I think they're a playoff team. Maybe if they they get Karis LeVer back, and you never know, they can make a, a, a little push. But again, the teams from 6 to, to 9 play hard. No, I wouldn't even put Detroit there. Detroit doesn't play hard. From seven, eight, nine, which is Brooklyn, Charlotte, Detroit, they're just really not as talented as those other teams are, and they don't have the depth like those other teams do. But you never know. Once you make the playoffs, well, it's eight and one season, so you're not going to get past that. But you know, you give yourself a shot. That's the best thing you can do. So, um, yeah, that's the East pretty much in in a, in a nutshell. Raptors, I think. You know, once they get healthy, they got to kind of redo everything. Lowry missed a lot of time with with being nicked up with injuries. And it, um, his back was, was bad. Kawhi's been not playing the back-to-back, so... You know, we'll see. It's an exciting time. That's it. like I said before, this is the time where you're starting to see teams really. Just I think after the All Star break, you'll, That's when you really start to see that intense playoff field type of basketball, and that's when I think you'll. You know, Boston will make their push. Indiana will will try to make their push, or or at least remain where they are. But at least that'll be the time where you figure out the the middle seating. The four or five matchup is always good. We're talking about the Eastern Conference playoffs because the 4-5 right now would be Philly and Boston. And that was a series last year that was, you know, a lot of people said Boston didn't win that series. Philly easily handled that. They just had some really bad um, end-of-game calls with Brett Brown. And I don't know. There's some questionable play calling at the end of games where Philly was in position to win and they just lost. And obviously, we know Boston lost in 7 to Cleveland. But... Four or five matchup was looking good. The two seven matchup with Brooklyn Toronto, that actually has a little more history than some may may think. That would be a compared to Milwaukee and Charlotte, which would be a spanking. I think the Toronto, if if the standings were to end like this and this would be the playoffs, I like the two seven matchup would be interesting. I, I would still watch that, even though I hundred percent guarantee Toronto would win. Um, I still would watch that just because the 6 3 matchup with Indiana and Miami, that's a good series, too. You know, and obviously, we discussed the 4 or 5, but I, I like the way the East looks in terms of, of competitiveness in the top maybe seven. But like I said, th- th- it's still that third th- way of this through the season where, you know, teams are going to start to pick up their intensity a little bit. The rust is probably shaking off by this point. So you're starting to, like I said, see the team settle down. You're, James Harden stepping back up. Like, I was bashing James Harden. A couple of podcasts, I was bashing James Harden. But I can't say anything now because, yeah, I can't say anything now because he, he's stepping up. So, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. You can't, you know, jump the gun too much. But, you know, I, I am, I am. This is why you love basketball, man, because it's just like. So much can change. Even though we're looking at it right now, there's so much that can change. 100% my favorite sport. 100% the most interesting sport. You know, nothing beats basketball, man. For real, you got to love it. But yeah, so looking forward, what I'm going to start doing in future episodes, just to help it, you know, become a little more clear for you guys, I'm going to do four teams in the East and four teams in the West. And I'm going to do like a quick rundown on the status of the teams in the review and to what to expect from them. I'm going to do four teams in the East and four teams in the West. Just to give you guys a breakdown specifically so you guys can keep and, and keep it, you know, I can keep it consistent. and You guys can monitor it. And you guys can actually track it yourselves because the more I talk, the more I'm visualizing it for you guys. You guys can actually see, you know, what I'm talking about. So I'll tell you, keep posted. We're, You know We're about to see that that, that switch Being flicked And that, that's some good basketball to watch So You know I'm excited You guys should be excited You know good times coming Yes yeah, so once again This is the outro of JKB Sports I Want to thank you guys for listening Getting to this point It's always good to go from Beginning to end, so I appreciate that. So, I want to remind you guys: the Twitter to check me out is JKB Sports with a Z one. Okay, so that's my Twitter: JKB Sports Z with a one. You can talk to me, interact with me, see my tweets, see my thoughts, you know, my opinions. And I'm, I tweet people; tweet me back. We can talk, you know, see where our opinions meet, where we agree and disagree. I'm always there. If I don't respond immediately, I will respond. No Instagram. Not yet. We're revamping the Instagram, but Twitter is where I'll be. I want to thank you for listening again. Follow me. Subscribe. Listen to it on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor. If you don't have any of those, you always can actually go on the website of Anchor, searching up JKB Sports. And then it'll direct you to one link. There's many links that is best suited for you. So, yep, don't be scared. Check it out. Click the link. Subscribe. Appreciate it. What's going on, guys? Another episode of JKB Sports Podcast. And I'm happy to say I got my host. I'm the host. I got my co-host, Drew, back. It's going to be lit. It's gonna be crazy. We're gonna talk about the trade deadline. Obviously, that just happened today at 3 p.m. Um big trade for the Raptors for the home team. Um, some teams did pat, but we're gonna go into that all-star weekend we we'll do a preview for that next week. But this week we talk about the trade deadline, exciting stuff. We even got a surprise possibly have a surprise guest. I'm not gonna say no names. I'm not I don't know. You just gotta listen, you just gotta see. Let's start the show, folks.